0: GG and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver. He joins us on the Smart Rain Guest Line. Smart Rain's state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. Dylan, good morning. Morning,
1: fellas. How are we doing?
0: We're doing well. How are you?
1: Doing well. Just getting
0: ready for uh, the old Christmas season. Yep. I'm curious, since you're speaking of the Christmas season, you know, the bowl season um, used to be, I don't think it used to start back in the day until like December 27th or whatever. The holiday bowl is way early. Uh, And then it's just basically become TV programming. So as soon as Army-Navy is done, gear up, here comes the bowl season. As an athlete, And you were in Hawaii, and they've had to play Christmas Eve and Christmas Day Hawaii Bowls. I'm wondering how bad that is. I'm wondering when you have to play in one of these early bowls, and they clearly don't have as much status, but you're done and free for Christmas and New Year's. Players can go home. Coaches can hang out with their families. It's a recruiting dead period. How nice is that, and how much do you like to play in a December 29 or 30 bowl game because that's when the bowl season really heats up and and better games and ranked teams tend to play? How do you rank all that stuff? What, What matters to players?
1: Yeah, um, I think the biggest, the biggest thing is actually playing in a bowl game, right, and having that opportunity. You know, as many sponsors as there are right now and the amount of bowl games that there are, um, granted, like they're definitely diluted and there are definitely a lot of games that are washed out, but um, it still is a great experience no matter the game that you play in to just be able to go and hang out with your teammates in a much you know more loose environment. Um, like, to me, outside of, and, and obviously growing up with the bull experience, right, and then playing in a couple, um, you know, one, if you're not playing in the New Year's Six Bowl, if you're not playing, obviously, at the time, and it'd be to be able to be done prior to Christmas is definitely the way to go. Um, and outside of, like, when you look at bowl games that you want to go to right because Christmas Eve Christmas Eve was kind of difficult it wasn't phenomenal, especially when you're living in Hawaii right um, you want to be able to get home to your family but for everybody else like the people that were coming out to play on the island like that's a that's a prime time game you get a full in Hawaii right you get four or five days in Hawaii and then the game is done you know, by seven or eight. And if your team charters, like you're back home, you know, Christmas morning, and then you have all of Christmas break, uh, to be with your family and friends. And so, you know, that's, uh, a lot of fun. Um, but the two, and then maybe even outside of the white bowl, but the other bowl games that you want to go to are one of the games in San Diego and one of the games in Vegas. Um, if you can go to the Vegas Bowl, the Vegas Bowl is hands down the best bowl experience when it comes to outside of the the NY6. Like, no questions asked.
2: Cool. Good to know. I'm sure you're well aware of the big announcement last week. I mean, players go to schools and they want to compete at the highest level. And uh, I don't know that BYU is necessarily going to make a financial commitment at the highest level. Probably not. We don't know all the details, but it's clear to us that they are making a bigger, better commitment, which I think can pay untold dividends. It may not pay dividends for the second generation of Collies, but I'm expecting, you know, in 10 years or so, maybe 15, the third generation of Collies running around at BYU. And uh, with that in mind, your reaction to BYU up in the ante? Because Tom said that literally we knew we had to up the ante as far as funding the football program.
1: Yeah, and that's something that we've we've talked about, right? Like they had to make some sort of match or increase to um, really level up, to be a part and to be a serious kind of competitor in the Big 12 like they want to be. Uh, the first thing you had to do was pay the coaches and, and pay the support staff and increase resources and you had to take yourself to that next level it's like you've been in an office space right That's uh, in you know uh, in a business park and you're now in a situation where you need to be in a bigger market city and you need to buy a building and so um, from the sounds of it right uh, Tom bought the building and he put his eggs in that basket and I genuinely believe that it's the best decision for BYU and the position that they're in and what they're going into. Um, there isn't a, a better guy for the situation right now than Kalani Chitake. Um And I genuinely believe that what happens over the next you know, six, seven years will be game-changing and put BYU in a position to you know, compete for opportunities to play in the Big 12 championship, right, to be in the playoff picture, Um, And and to be right where BYU's, you know, kind of wanted to be for so long and talked about being for so long, Uh, you know, all the actions are finally being being put into place to make that happen.
0: I thought if there was anything encouraging in that, it was that Tom said, you know, they're going to keep looking. If they need to adjust, they will adjust. Because when you look at what the top of the – uh, Big Twelve has been paying. And you can set aside Oklahoma and Texas because they're leaving. But TCU was paying right. six point one million. Now they're they changed coaches and their new coach isn't getting that. He's probably at about four and a half, which is still the top of the league. That seems like it's further than BYU would want to go, but also that seems where college football is going. And I thought when Tom said We're going to keep track of it, and if we need to adjust, we'll make adjustments. I thought that was encouraging, because even though they've gone in deeper in the pool than they've ever been, they didn't go all the way to the deep end, it seems clear, but it seems like they know if they're going to be in the Big 12, they need to be good in the Big 12, and do what that takes.
1: And I think a lot of that shows what BYU and what the relationship that Kalani has with BYU is. The school is to him, how important the program is to him. This isn't just a... uh you know, this is a, this is a legacy move and what he's doing to be able to say, Hey guys, like, I don't expect you to pay the top, top dollar, right. For what I've done, but let's keep an open mind. I'm willing, right. And open to have those conversations for the adjustments. Um, and Tom being, you know, very willing and wanting to do those things. Like this is, you're in a good situation when, when you have two guys like Tom and Kalani, um, in negotiations, uh, to be honest with you, knowing both of them very well and personally, and, you know, uh, growing up with, with Tom, um, as him and my dad were teammates at BYU and good friends for a very long time. Like, I, I don't imagine that those conversations uh, in those coming weeks to that decision being made, there wasn't a lot of uh, spice or banter um, in regards to money. It was genuinely two people getting together and talking about what was best for BYU and putting in them in the best position to win. And part of that is delivering a certain amount of money.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Obviously, recruiting is the critical component to get good players. I'm wondering, based on your experience and your brothers and even probably your father, you know how much of a difference this will make in recruiting. And my question for you is, how many of the guys... That you think, and I, I can't pinpoint exactly, but I'll ask you generally speaking, the guys who go to BYU, how many of you do you think wanted to go to BYU and were intent on going to BYU, even if they didn't have all the bells and whistles, because BYU is where they wanted to be? Could you put a percentage on that?
1: With the top, like, with the top athletes, with the guys with multiple offers, right, uh, the guys who genuinely just wanted to be at BYU for what BYU is, is maybe 20%, maybe 25%. That low, huh? Yeah. Uh, I think I think the bells and whistles and the culture of the program, right, and where it's headed and the momentum and all of these things um, – You know, it it does make what a lot of people will say, right, the cultural side of it, it it kind of washes that out. And before, that was kind of a worry for a lot of people. And you look at, for instance, what Jamal Williams setting that pace in the sense of Jamal had, you know, Utah, San Diego State, Boise State at the time, right? And this was in 2011, 2012, when those teams were top tier, you know, that's when those teams were kind of – They were in the top 25 every year. They were big programs. And, um, you know, he genuinely set the tone of was one of the very few guys, LBS or not, that was, you know, he loves BYU for BYU. And that was probably one of the rarest things that I had ever seen uh, out of any of the teammates that my brothers had that I had or anything like that. And so it's it's a very, very small amount that are just like, yes, I'm going to BYU just for BYU.
0: I think a lot of you fans love the voice you just did. That was good.
1: <laughs> yep, absolutely.
0: <laughs> uh, so how much does the needle move at the other end here? The more they win, how much do more guys, church members or not church members, become available and open to the coaching staff? And how much does the coaching staff just wasting time pursuing guys they're going to come in second on? How much does this really change? Because they're sitting on 21 wins. They could be 22-3 and three over two years if they win this bowl game. Well they will be if they win the bowl game.
1: Yeah, and and I, I it's a game changer. Like this is everything that they're doing is lining up with a team that is entering the Big Twelve and doesn't just want to say, Hey, look okay, we're gonna go into the Big Twelve and we're gonna, you know, build out this program and we're gonna make adjustments and all of these things. It's, the adjustments that are being made are okay, one right? We're going in to compete in the big 12 right away. Okay. And then the adjustments are coming. If how close are we to winning the big 12? How close are we to getting ourselves in a playoff picture? Um, You know, those, those elements of it, it's not like, Hey, we're just building this program to get ready for the big 12. The, or while we're in the big 12, like when this conference enters happens, BYU expects to be competing. Uh, at the highest level and competing for championships and doing that realistically. In order to do that, uh, they're needing to make sure that they have access to these types of athletes. And I think, you know, even over the last two or three years, you're seeing um, LDS and LDS guys make BYU a priority in their recruiting stops.
2: And I think that they have that great opportunity. To Be successful because they have a lot to offer when they go into the Big 12 the fan base is incredible And now we've got the financial commitment Looks like Kalani will be there and going into basketball. Pope's a dynamic guy and all that stuff Uh, I'm wondering uh, Do you foresee a situation where and they don't necessarily make it public? But they sort of loosen the standards a little bit and not are so persnickety on every little thing. And if you step one inch across that line, we're going to zap you, whatever that line is. You know, obviously, if you go out and commit a crime, the, the line, we're not talking about that. But we're just talking about day-to-day stuff that seems like these rules. Well, tell them the
0: pregame shaving story.
2: Yeah, you may even know it. Uh, There was a star player, and this was told to me by somebody who knows exactly what they're talking about, that came in the locker room, a star player, and was told... 20 minutes before kickoff you've got to shave you can't go out there looking like this 20 minutes before kickoff right <laughs> you know you're it's not basketball you're 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 in a football field with a helmet on and who cares you know what you look like uh, at, and game day you know and if you don't want to shave so be it do you, do you see and, I, and I'm trying to, and I gotta be careful here because I'm not saying well just become right. of the world and just blow your standards off for the sake of winning but at the Same time, just maybe loosen up a little bit. I once had a coach ask me, just why can't I just grow my mustache just down a little bit below my mouth? I said, Coach, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. All I know is it's stupid. And he was a great coach. He's not there anymore. But do you see maybe they can loosen it up a little bit? Because uh, I always find it interesting when he goes back for pro day, even the great Taysom Hill, who is the model LDS guy, they have beards because they're finally cut free. <laughs> and they can, and they, can, they can loosen up a little bit. Do you see that maybe they could do that?
1: Yeah, and, and you know, There's, and that that is obviously, right, a a tough topic, right, because you do have all these wants and you want to have long hair and you want to have, you know, a a full beard if you can do it. And you, you want all of these things. But ultimately, and depending on who the coach is, right, the way that Kalani enables players to choose who they are as people. Right, and giving them, um, and ultimately leading by example. Right, it is very difficult to not want to be the best version of yourself to represent the school, um, and do it in a way that you know. Hey, if that means shaving, if that means keeping your hair short, you know, uh, you're gonna do it, and ultimately these are all things that you come into the university knowing. now to say that it is as cut and dry right as hey oh you do that one thing and or you step over the line and it's all over and it's all said and done i think that's one of the kind of greatest misconceptions in terms of and and this is going to take this a little bit to the next level and maybe not a sports show but uh when you understand and you look at the way that the school is modeled after, and and who owns the school, and, you know, being the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there is a focus on that Christ-like love when looking into these, you know, types of honor code infractions and things like that, and you're given options, and you're given choices. Now, if your boss were to come to you two, and you guys had beards, and your boss said, hey, go ahead and shave that, or else we're not going to pay you, right? There are some members of the Booster's Okay, who are donating a plethora of money, who may come in and say, hey, guess what? Right? You're going to need to shade that because they're old school and they have a certain way and you know, they want that old, that old school look. Now, in terms of getting in the way of the money, right? if there's a certain standard that your boss wants you to keep, you're going to go and keep that standard, right? Uh, because you don't want it to get in the way of the money. And so there's so many aspects of that conversation that are difficult to discuss. I think in today's game, you see it all the time, right? You see guys with a little more scruff, You see guys with a little bit longer hair. um, And these are all things that are just kind of uh, part of the growth of the program. And when the expectation from Kalani is to genuinely be the best version of yourself, you're still going to have guys that don't give, like they don't care like, like they're still going to go out and do things that they shouldn't be doing. And and they're going to go and put themselves first instead of the team first. But uh, when it comes to the honor code, it's more of a, you know, you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, Chances are you're going to make some mistakes because the honor code is extremely, you know, tight. Uh, But you'd hope that, you know, you just got to work your best and, and try and make the most of it. And Kalani understands that. And, that's ultimately his goal. And the way that he enforces that is with genuine love. And, you know, you get guys who are a lot more uh, prone to choosing that way than going off the scale on the complete opposite side because they're so forced into doing things like it has been in the past.
0: So Yach's got the clock on us, but we're probably about 15 minutes into the interview and we've not asked you a thing about the bowl game do you consider the victory uh, foregone conclusion and we shouldn't be talking about it or there's stuff that worries you and you better pass that along to the audience right now
1: yeah no there's nothing that worries me I honestly think I, I think it'll be a great opportunity for guys to um, to get the bull experience you know for, for you to play the freshmen who uh, still have a few games so they don't burn red shirts right and uh, good opportunity for Baylor to play some hopefully and um, yeah, if, if you want to put a stamp on the season, right, uh, you walk into that game and you just absolutely dominate and you make, the, ultimately, you kind of make a mockery of what the college football playoff is in the year's six bowls and you just say, you know, yeah, expected to blow this team out and we're going to blow this team out. So that would be uh, my vote of uh, direction in this game.
0: Well, we appreciate the time, as always, Dylan. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again. Absolutely.
1: See you guys.
0: Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed on this show will get you up to date. The NFL, college football, the jazz, Big T was on. Stay with us.